Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dory to Discovery. So I'm Erin. I'm Kylie. And we have a little bit of bad news, friends. <laughs> this is our last podcast episode. It is. It's been a really fun few years that we've had with you guys. Um, Kylie and I are just going to work on some other stuff within the library, and unfortunately, that just means that this has run its course. Mm -hmm. New projects. New projects are coming. Yes. Um, so when we were talking about what we wanted to do for the last episode, we kind of decided that we wanted to do like a best of, mm -hmm. like look back on our journey that we've a little had. reflection. Exactly. <laughs> over the last four years or so, um, and look at some of our favorite episodes and like our favorite books that we mentioned mm -hmm. and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Did you want to, you know, kick us off? Sure. Um, so first up with our favorite episodes, we kind of did a look back of you know, the ones that we really loved recording, um, ones that we got, you know, great feedback on. And one of the first ones that came to mind was our true crime episode. With Jess. With Jess. Yeah. <laughs> that one was so fun. Yeah. It was the first time that we did kind of a new format. Yeah. Um, where we had a bit more of like a learning segment. Yep. Um, which was super fun. And it was just a really great episode to record. It turned out really well. It was funny. It was funny. We had so much fun making it. It was the first time we had, not the first time we had a guest, but the first time in a while we had had a guest as yeah. well. We loved that episode. That was really fun. That was a great one. Um, another one of our favorite episodes was one we had titled Read with Pride. Mm -hmm. So that one was just full of like incredible recommendations. You know, we're not here to toot our own horns or anything, <laughs> but... <laughs> I guess like they were books that we all felt like really passionately about. Yeah. And that one actually, we also had um, a guest for that one was Jay. Yeah. Yeah. More guests. More guests. Our friend Jay, who is just absolutely wonderful. And brought more different recommendations. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we also had, this one may not surprise anyone, but we, we really enjoyed our romance renaissance episode. Oh yeah. That was so fun to do. We love romance. We love talking about romance. Yeah. We love giving recommendations for romance. Anything really. We were literally just talking about how there's a romance convention coming in 2025. We were. <laughs> and we were all being like, we could all get the same day off, right? We <laughs> <Here you> go. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like, it's no secret that that Kylie and I specifically really love romance. But there's so much going on, like, in the book community mm -hmm. and in the publishing world, especially with, like, social media blowing up with books and, like, uh, you know, Bookstagram and book talk on Instagram and TikTok. Um that, you know, the whole renaissance of romance books is just such an interesting topic to the both of us. Mm -hmm. um, and we really loved talking about that. And we hope that you guys loved learning. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and we also really loved our, like, best of episodes. Um, so those are, like, you know, we've the best four. of. Yeah, we've done four of them. So, you know, 2020, 2021, 22, and 23. Um, we love highlighting books that we love throughout the year. Staff picks are always a huge hit. Um, we love looking at award winners throughout the year and just reflecting on our yearly reading journeys. Mm -hmm. um, I think because we are such voracious readers that we sometimes forget certain things that we've read like throughout the year. And it's really nice to go back and be like, oh my gosh, like this book, this book was so good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I love to um, finding out what everybody else has been reading. Um, I do a lot of our um, like fine end of the year like staff picks roundup lists, yeah. and so it's really fun um, just talking to everybody and finding out what they really loved reading because um, we have such like wide ranging favorite genres. We do, um, yeah. Of, from everyone who um, works here, we've got a lot of people who love different things. So I always love finding new recommendations from that. It's actually. 
um, helped me branch out a lot more with yeah, what I read. I have to um, agree. Just finding recommendations from other people. And it's always the best of the best, too, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, you know, you're branching out into horror. I'm going to go to Shelby and be like, hey, what have you read recently? Yeah. Like, give me, you know, some suggestions. Mm-hmm. And that way it feels, like, a lot less intimidating when you're trying yeah. something new, which is something we've encouraged you all to do, you know, along the way. Um, kind of step out your comfort zone a little and, you know, we try our best to do as we say mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and try to do that with each other as well. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For the last time, Kylie, uh, what are you reading right now? Well, speaking of stepping outside of our comfort zones, <laughs> I'm still reading a lot of nonfiction. I love this for you. <laughs> um, I actually like just finished yesterday um, The Art Thief by Michael Finkel. Mm-hmm. So good. Really great read. Really quick. I did um, listen to the audiobook as well, and it was very like short, but okay. very. Um, it it really got me like right from the beginning. I was I was in. Yes. Um. So it fall. It's um about the art theft career. Of, sure. Yeah. Of French art theft, Stefan Breitwieser. Um, this guy committed more than two hundred thefts in eight years. <laughs> And every chapter, it was like, he now stole, like, this and this, and also this, and six more things, and also a crossbow. <laughs> and I'm like, how, how did you get a crossbow out of a museum? Out the window. Oh, I was going to say, window. that seems like the beginning of a joke. Right? Like, how do you get a crossbow out of a museum? He literally opened the window and was like, yeah, that, that'll do. And threw it out the window and then went around the museum and grabbed it and, like, left. Okay, but to be fair, what if it broke? He, th- he actually found a window that was not too high um, and had a bush underneath that would catch it. So Stefan was obviously clever. Oh, my yeah. God. Because I'm like, that is a priceless antique. Right. <laughs> well, okay, Don't he, yeet it out of a window. The whole chapter like around this one, it was like, okay, so this was made for like battle. So it's got to be sturdy enough. And he's like, it'll probably survive a toss out the window. It, th- this book was oh my gosh. wild. Absolutely wild. I, I need to read it. I enjoyed it greatly. Um, it was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's even like an author's note um, at the end. There was like an extra chapter about, because um, Stefan Breidwieser, there was like another book written about him, like in the early 2000s, I believe, okay. like kind of around the first time he got arrested. But yeah, it's the the author talks about how he like wrote a bunch of letters to him. And the author, um, I believe he said he was, he's American, but he moved to France, which interestingly is that's where he's, uh, Breitweezer's from. Um, and he wrote him a bunch of letters and was like, I would love to interview you. What a story you have. Yeah. And they actually like, kind of struck up a friendship. Incredible. The author went with him to a museum that Breitweezer stole from before. And like on the way out, he like stole like a a guide to the museum, and it was like a big joke. Was he's like, "Haha, I still got it." <laughs> but also, Why? what a flex to be like, "Hi, I'm besties with the most prolific art thief of all right. time." <laughs> Incredible. It was so. It was such a great book, and I was like, "This guy." See, I love a heist, real or fictional. You do. Love I a do heist. love to read about them. It's. I just find they're very compelling. 
So yeah, that's what I've been reading. Insane. <laughs> what have um, you been reading? Different. 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 Different vibes. Different vibes. <laughs> um, I'm currently reading, and I like I literally am two chapters in. I just started reading Belladonna by Adlin Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm vibing with it so far. Essentially, she's um, her parents and like her entire kingdom essentially were assassinated when she was a baby. Ooh. And she was there. <clears throat> so somebody put poison in the wine. Mm-hmm. And just like hundreds and hundreds of people just, you know, dropped. Um, Uh-oh. And she can see and communicate with death. Oh. And can't be killed. Oh, okay. And she realizes this for the first time when she's five years old and she falls down her grandmother's stairs. And when she wakes up, she realizes like her neck is at an... <gasps> An, a, the wrong angle and death shows up and he's like hey kiddo let's just put you back <laughs> um, and she heals she can she can't even really be wounded as well so now we're sort of at this Ooh. point it's very interesting where she's like testing the limit so she'll like drink belladonna tea Sure. And then just like pass out in the garden and then like wake up an hour later and be like, okay, well, mm, still not dead. Like, guess that works. Guess that works. So um, I'm enjoying that so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll have to let you know how Sounds it goes. Sounds intriguing. It's very intriguing. Keep but me posted. I did just finish like a really good horror novel mm-hmm. um, called Hemlock Island by yes. Kelly Armstrong. And so I've always read Kelly Armstrong's like fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never read any of her horror. And it was so good. It was so creepy. It's going to be a long time until I go to like a cottage again. <laughs> um, but the whole premise is, you know, she she was married and, you know, things happen and she's separated from her husband, but they still love each other, whatever. That's a subplot. And so um, her sister died and she um, got custody of her niece. Mm-hmm. And because she's divorced, um, her husband had a lot of money. She's been having a hard time upkeeping this um, summer home that they have mm. on this private island, um, I think in Canada, because Kelly Armstrong is Canadian. It just talks about it being on Lake Superior. Mm. Um, so in order to make ends meet, she rents this house out. Yeah. Um, and things have been, like, weird things have been happening. Like, people that stay at the house are calling to complain about, you know, these, they look like pranks that are being pulled. You know, like, satanic ritual stuff being drawn Classic. on the floor. And so she gets a call in the middle of the night, and they're like, there is blood and, like, like nail scratches inside the closet. Ah. And she's like, oh, my gosh. She's like, those darn kids. Like, essentially, <laughs> right? So, like, she, she's like, okay, I'll be over in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, she lets her ex know because they're still really good friends. And so he comes along and brings his sister, who's her, you know, best friend. They've sort of grown apart. And, you know, her other best friend and her brother shows up, and it turns out to this group of people, and they're on this island. And they wake up in the morning, and, the, you know, they got into a fight with someone, and they realize that she's left, and she's taken the boat, and they can't leave the island. Um, and without spoiling anything, we do find the friend. Um, she's still on the island, but like, we also find pieces of the boat, like in the water. And so it looks like there was maybe an accident and she's incredibly injured. Um, but she's still sort of running around and she shouldn't be able to to do that that with her injuries. And maybe she's a little too strong. And maybe uh, she shouldn't be able to climb 
rocks. And maybe, you know, the strength that she has when she shoves somebody away is potentially inhuman. Oh, that's so creepy. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it was very good. I don't want to say anything else other than that, but it's very much like a locked door type situation. You, you know, without spoiling anything, you do have a countdown of like people going missing and there's nowhere for them to go. And it was so good. I loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, I did have some nightmares, but it was worth it. <laughs> so I suggest, I highly suggest Hemlock Island. If you want just like a little scare. Sounds terrifying. It was amazing. <laughs> Kylie's like, no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> Kylie doesn't read horror. I read some, but not that. That's that's too much. <laughs> It was so good. It was. I loved it. So that's what I mean. I'm also reading the third Crescent City right now. But same. We're all reading it. We don't want to say too much because it is part of like a bigger series. Big spoilers. And, and, well, that and like you know you, at the very least, need to have read two books prior to this one. Yeah. Um. And then at the most, like seven other books, maybe even 50, fifteen. A lot. So we'll just leave it at that. But if anyone is in the SJM universe and they want to talk to us about Crescent City 3, please no spoilers because I'm still only like 40% in. Uh, Send us an email. Um, (laughs) Let us know if there's spoilers and then I will respond to your email when I finish. (laughs) Spoiler warnings needed. Definitely. (laughs) All right. Should we talk about some of our February releases? Yes. Let's talk about some new February releases. Um, So first one we have is End of Story by A.J. Finn. So with mere months to live, reclusive mystery novelist Sebastian Trapp invites his longtime correspondent Nikki to his spectacular San Francisco mansion to help draft his life story. Living alongside his beautiful second wife Diana, his wayward nephew Freddie, and his protective daughter Madeline, Nikki finds herself caught in an irresistible case of a real-life detective fever. 20 years earlier, on New Year's Eve 1999, Sebastian's first wife and teenage son vanished from different locations, never to be seen again. Did the perfect crime writer commit the perfect crime? And why has he emerged from seclusion two decades later and allowing a stranger to dig into his past? As Nikki attempts to weave together the strands of Sebastian's life, she becomes obsessed with discovering the truth, while Madeline begins to question what her beloved father might actually know about that long-ago night And when a corpse appears in the family's koi pond, both women are shocked to find out that the past isn't gone. It's just waiting. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. (laughs) So add that to my list. Thrillers. I feel like I've read something else by AJ Finn, but I can't. Yeah, I know. I definitely like that Was that the woman in the window? Is that what they wrote? AJ Finn. It was The Woman in the ah. Window. Yeah, which was a really good book. Yeah. Yeah. All right, friends. So, I mean. That's two. There we go. <laughs> um, next up on our February releases, um, this one is A Love Song for Ricky Wilde by Tia Williams. Ricky Wilde has many talents, but being a wild isn't one of them. As the impulsive artistic daughter of a powerful Atlanta dynasty, she's the opposite of her famous socialite sisters. Where they're long-stemmed roses, she's a dandelion. An adorable bloom that's actually a weed, born to float wherever the wind blows. In her bones, Ricky knows that somewhere, a different, more exciting life awaits her. When regal, nonagenarian Miss Della invites her to rent the bottom floor of her Harlem brownstone, Ricky jumps at the chance for a fresh beginning. 
She leaves behind her family, wealth, and chaotic romantic decisions to realize her dream of opening a flower shop. And just beneath the surface of her new neighborhood, the music, stories, and dazzling drama of the Harlem Renaissance still simmers. One evening in February, as the heady, curiously off-season scent of night-blooming jasmine fills the air, Ricky encounters a handsome, deeply mysterious stranger who knocks her world off balance in the most unexpected way. We do love a handsome stranger. Right? Especially when there's some mystery in <laughs> A mysterious stranger. That one sounds so good. That does sound really good. Um, Tia Williams, the author of Seven Nights in June. Oh, ooh, then it's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Incredible. So now we have a new one um, by another favorite author of ours, Come and Get It by Kylie Reed. Um, so this is her new novel. So it's 2017 in the University of Arkansas, and Millie Cousins, a senior resident assistant, wants to graduate, get a job, and buy a house. So when Agatha Paul, a visiting professor and writer, offers Millie an easy yet unusual opportunity, she jumps at the chance. But Millie's starry-eyed hustle becomes jeopardized by odd new friends, vengeful dorm pranks, and illicit intrigue. A fresh and intimate portrait of desire, consumption, and reckless abandon, come and get it, is a tension-filled story about money, indiscretion, and bad behavior. Also, I'm excited. Sounds great. Well, that and like Kylie Reed's books, like if you read Such a Fun Age, which was in- incredible, it was a really, it was a really interesting story in that it was like a snapshot mm. of a situation, and the ending was kind of semi unresolved, but in a very like real way, which I really liked. I like her storytelling in mm-hmm. that regard, so I feel like this is going to be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm looking forward to it. The cover's really cool, too. It's, like, bright green. Yes, it is. It's bright green and bright yellow. It's yeah. it's, it's very bright. <laughs> we now have some in case you missed them. Um, so this one, great one. Aaron's just said, loves it. It's, it is probably, <laughs> hands down, one of my top ten favorite books. Yeah. And I don't say that lightly. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So this one is Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. So Jason Dessen is walking home through the chilly Chicago streets one night, looking forward to a quiet evening in front of the fireplace with his wife, Daniela, and their son, Charlie, when his reality shatters. Are you happy with your life? Are the last words Jason Dessen hears before the masked abductor knocks him unconscious. Before he awakens to find himself strapped to a gurney, surrounded by strangers in hazmat suits. Before a man Jason's never met before smiles down at him and says, welcome back, my friend. In this world he's woken up to, Jason's life is not the one he knows. His wife is not his wife, his son was never born, and Jason is not an ordinary physics professor, but a celebrated genius who has achieved something remarkable, something impossible. Is it this world or the other that's the dream? And even if the home he remembers is real, how can Jason possibly make it back to the family he loves? The answers lie in a journey more wondrous and horrifying than any he could have imagined. One that will force him to confront the darkest parts of himself, even as he battles a terrifying, unbeatable foe. This book is really good. <laughs> it's really good. Um, I don't, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it, but um, it's phenomenal. And it's written, so it is, it's very sci-fi. It's mm-hmm. very science fiction. And it does deal with some really big ideas. Mm. But we did it for a book club book. And it was one of the very few books that, like, unanimously everyone loved. loved. And it was so well-researched. And the concepts were explained 
so incredibly well mm-hmm. um, that everyone understood like what was going on, yeah. if that makes any sense. Um, and it was very good. I, I, I love his stuff in general. I've read quite a few of his books. Mm-hmm. He wrote the Wayward Pines mm. series, which was turned into a TV show. He also has like a time travel book called Recursion. That's yeah. really what good. This one is a multiverse theory. Um, so it's a very it was it was a good book. Yeah. I've it, had this it was a great book. I've had this one on my to be read list for a while. And Kylie. I it's kind of one of the reasons why I put it on here because I was like, I haven't read it yet. So maybe it's on other people's TBRs that they just haven't gotten to it yet either. Yeah. Well then I'm gonna bully you into reading it because it's I so good. <laughs> Um, okay, so the next we have on our list is another favorite by my of mine. So Kylie, obviously, Kylie made this list. I have to give her full credit for that. <laughs> Clearly, she was in my brain. Yes. So this is The Night Circus by Erin Morgenstern. The circus arrives without warning. No announcements preceded. It's simply there. When yesterday, it was not. Within the black and white striped canvas tents is an utterly unique experience full of breathtaking amazements. It's called Le Cirque de Rêve and it's only open at night. But behind the scenes, a fierce competition is underway. A duel between two young magicians, Celia and Marco, who have been trained since childhood expressly for this purpose by their mercurial instructors. Unbeknownst to them, this is a game in which only one can be left standing. And this circus is but the stage for a remarkable battle of imagination and will. Despite themselves, however, Celia and Marco tumble headfirst into love, a deep magical love that makes the lights flicker and the room grow warm whenever they so much as brush hands. True love or not, the game must play out, and the fates of everyone involved from the cast of extraordinary circus performers to the patrons hanging in the balance, suspended as precariously as the daring acrobats overhead. It's it's a good book. Yeah. So I've only... I think she's only got two books, Erin Morgan's so. I've read both of them. Yeah, The Starless Sea and The Night Circus. Um, her writing is very lyrical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very beautiful. Both of her books have a color scheme, which sounds wild. <laughs> um, but The Night Circus is black and white with bits of red. Yeah. And I know that sounds so weird when describing it, but when you're reading it, everything is in black and white with splashes of red. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really beautiful. Like when you're reading it, like the imagery is quite gorgeous, as is with her second book, A Starless Sea. Um, that one is like secret societies and underground libraries. And the, the color scheme of that one is black and gold. Um, and yeah, and that one is very like Alice in Wonderland-esque. Mm. This one is still just, it, it's a great book. I really loved it. I'm intrigued. I read it in like my early 20s and I still think about it. Yeah. Yeah. One so you have ones. to read that one too. Yes. <laughs> like when you finish the Blake Crouch, go read the Aaron Yes. Story. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and last up on our, in case you missed it, is Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Roanhorse. While most of the world has drowned beneath the sudden rising waters of a climate apocalypse, Dinata, formerly the Navajo Reservation, has been reborn. The gods and heroes of legends walk the land, but so do the monsters. Maggie Hosky is a Dinata monster hunter, a supernaturally gifted killer. When a small town needs help finding a missing girl, Maggie is their last and best hope. But what Maggie uncovers about the monster is much larger and more terrifying than anything she could imagine. Maggie reluctantly enlists the help of Kai Arviso, an unconventional medicine man, and together they travel to the res to unravel clues from ancient legends, trade favors with tricksters, and battle dark witchcraft in a patchwork world of deteriorating technology. As Maggie discovers the truth behind the disappearances, she will have to confront her past if she wants to survive. 
Incredible. Also sounds so great. Well, I haven't read this one. <laughs> I was just, all of these ones I put on in case you missed them because I've missed them. Yeah. And I haven't gotten to them yet and I really want to. Well, now I obviously have to put that on my list. Yes. <laughs> it this sounds so good. It sounds phenomenal. And the cover's really cool. She's like standing on like a car on the cover. It's very You know, cool. I am a sucker for a good cover. Right? You know, they say you're not supposed to judge a cover, but we all do. Yeah. You know, it's fine. It's hence, fine. hence why we do Blind Date with a book. Hence why. And then you can have a surprise. Speaking of, segue, Kylie. <laughs> if anyone is in the Whippy area, we are doing our famed Blind Date with a book, which is a program by the one and only Kylie. It's amazing. Um, you come in, you pick something based off of the genre and a few little sentences, or I should say even like words, mm-hmm. um, to describe the book. And you check it out anonymously with our front desk and you go on a Blind Date with a book and you don't know what you get till you get it. Tis a surprise. Tis a surprise. And we all <laughs> love a surprise. Um, so we've got that going on. Um, we don't have any author visits coming up right now. Not until, I think, probably the fall. So mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. Um, as usual, we've got our book clubs. Um, we've got our, you know, our fiction, our nonfiction, our mystery, and our 2SLGBTQ plus book club. And uh, please give us a follow on any of our socials. We've mm-hmm. got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and or X. <laughs> and uh, and TikTok and uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming along for our podcasting journey. Yeah, we appreciate each and every one of you, and thank you for listening. Um, you've made it really enjoyable for us, and um, I hope you all know how how thankful and appreciative we are. Mm-hmm. So, bye, everyone. The end. The end. <laughs>